I'm Charlotte Leslie and I'm here at the Manama Dialogue with Air Marshal Sammy Sampson, who occupies a fascinating role with the MOD, FCDO and the Middle East. Sammy, hi. Can you tell me a bit about your role and what you do? Yeah, of course. The role is called the Defence Senior Advisor for the Middle East and North Africa. And essentially it's assisting in maintaining relationships, having open conversations with all of our friends and partners across 17 countries spanning the North Africa coastline through the Levant and then through the Arabian Peninsula. It's a role that's been established for over a decade now. It has a very good brand through my predecessors and it's an opportunity to help yeah, maintain relationships, but most importantly, to listen to our friends in the region. Uh, they're very generous with their access from you know, leaders, ministers, royalty, yeah, all the way through the military. And, and to feed that back and feed it back into both the FCDO, into the MOD, but also into Department of Business and Trade. Because security for the region is a much broader canvas now than just military activity. So it's a fascinating job, lots of friends and friendships and colleagues and surprising conversations, sometimes into education, finance. But even though my role is not uh, in any way, shape or form an expert in that way, the expertise comes in, the trust and the ability to listen to our friends and then, then be assured that it will be communicated back to government. And how long does each holder of the role spend in that role? It's around about four years. Most military roles are two years or so. But this is about diplomacy. It's uh, kind of like a military ambassadorial role. And obviously for relationships, you, you need to engage and then start to build a bit of trust and then you know, to maintain that trust and then to use that trust. So four years is around about the period, sometimes five years. For me, I've lived in the Middle East with my family in Qatar for three years, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia for four years. We've lived in Oman and Bahrain. So for me, not quite a standing start. And so there were some relationships previously. So I kind of consider I've been in this role. It's 2023 now. I've been in this role for about 12 years uh, because the region drags you in. They want friendships. They want the relationship with the UK. They want to be able to communicate with us. They know that we listen to them and they know that we are good listeners. So, yeah, four years, it would be a delight to do it forever. But um, as with all military roles and as with all you know, uh, government roles as well, you know, there is a, a necessary need for a bit of uh, rotation. Four years is longer than a lot of foreign secretaries and longer than many prime ministers of recent times. What benefit do you think that continuity gives in relationship building with a region like this? Oh, it's huge. I mean, the military and defence and security relationships in the region go back a long time. Many of the people, including ministers and in some cases crown princes and royalty, and certainly the military leaders, the very senior military leaders, I either flew with, operated alongside in yeah, headquarters, I exercised with or I engaged with in various yeah, military forums or academic establishments. So a military life by its very nature, it is a life of consistent engagement and returning to friends and colleagues that you meet. So there is an aspect for this particular role where four years is important, but the military aspect is important. People feel comfortable because military people 
serve often in similar roles, yeah, always with the same uniform and often for life. And yeah, th- that is particularly attractive you know, to the region. So a real emphasis on continuity. We're in particularly difficult times now since the appalling attacks of Hamas on October the 7th. Can I ask you, without betraying any confidences, generally what you're hearing back from the region, their perspective of both the situation with Israel and Gaza um, and also the UK and the West? Yeah, of course. Um, The key themes that are emerging and that are consistent across all of the people I engage with Um, perhaps the first one of great sadness anguish concern worry and because of that they they want to turn to friends they are horrified that the fact that their families yeah inside their homes their children given the way social media and access to information is so freely available for everybody from you know, very young ages all the way up to you know, the, the elderly. What, it, what is happening cannot be hidden from anybody in the families. And people talk about the Arab streets. It's, it's, it's not about the street. It's about the communities. It's about in the hearts and the souls. And that's the first thing. This is, this is deep and real and emotional and visceral for every single person. And for the leadership, that poses some challenges. Leaders in, in this region, this, this region has huge ambition. It, it, it is moving so fast. It is delivering so much for its people. This is one of the things where families are turning to the leaders, the influencers, and saying, yeah, you've done so much for my country. What are you going to do f- about this? And, and, and there is anguish and there is, yeah, and there is concern. So that's the first one. I think the second thing that comes out is a desire to turn to friends, especially the UK. What is often said to me, and, yeah, and this is widely said to people, is that the UK is perhaps the one country that understands this region the best. Yeah, we understand the underlying motivations. Most people can see the waves, the, you know, the, the, the bit above the water. The, the, how people describe it to me is that the UK you know, kind of understands the tides and the currents in the region. And that is vitally important. And so they're turning to us and saying, how is the UK going to play a leadership role in a better future to take our anguish and worry away and to be, be part of a long-lasting solution? So that's the second thing. They're really counting on the UK to step up and step forward. And then probably the third thing that, that, that is present with yeah, many commentators, uh, probably in, or almost certainly in the homes, but also yeah, in discussions and in the press, it is questions about the West's position on certain things, double standards, you know, and our behaviours and the consistency of our behaviours. In Islam, as in most religions, every life is important. And there are questions being asked of many people on all sides about whether everybody, friends, competitors, allies, uh, enemies, are consistent in their application of that very, very basic principle or whether there are different rules for different people and, and therefore a, a need to have slightly different relationships. So those are probably the three things that are being projected most frequently back to, uh, to me. And I'm not sure whether those types of feelings, sentiments and consequences are are well 
known in in the UK. I, I, I'm our Armed Forces Muslim champion and I work a lot with a whole variety of Muslim communities inside and outside of the military but also in schools and in the private sector and in, in, all, in all sorts of guises. I, I know it's present there and, and that feeling is present there in the 1.8 billion Muslim community which is the broadly speaking the community that I interact interact with uh, not exclusively but yeah that that's the bulk of the community that those feelings those sentiments are heightened and they're concerned for not just the Muslim community in the UK but also the Jewish community in the UK as well. Sammy thank you one final question many people have just heard this and thought what an extraordinary role that you have how extraordinarily important and you know what an amazing job it is. Did you ever think you'd be doing this when you started out? What brought you here? Very briefly, what's, what, what have you, what's your life story, very briefly, to bring you to this point? It's a reflection of the amazing opportunities that you know, our, our country can provide and that the armed forces and service, servicing governments can provide. I, I grew up in Plymouth, went to the local primary school. I went to the local Roman Catholic primary school. I didn't go to university, I joined the Air Force to fly fighter jets. But inevitably, given the challenges that this region has faced over the past two or three decades, a lot of my time was spent in this region. And whilst I spent a lot of my time at 20 or 30,000 feet looking at the region, it does give you a particular perspective. And most people tend to look at things on a very small, very detailed map. As a pilot, you're given this great opportunity to look at things from a vantage point and a large map. And the region drew me in. When you look at the large map, you see the variety, the diversity, the opportunity in this region, but also the, the challenges. They welcomed me when I've lived in the region. When I lived in Saudi Arabia with my wife and my youngest son, they protected me from... Houthi missiles and drones. They brought me into their families. They protected me and my family from COVID. So an unnatural but actually very natural progression into the region and and into the the care and friendship um, that the the region provides. And I can think of a no better sort of resting place for me in the twilight years of my career. It, It If you give a little to the region, it gives a lot back to you. Air Marshal Sammy Sampson, thank you very much.